This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. go, go. This is what I got to say. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Why? Just you and your songs, man. Hey, everything's all right, man. Everything <laughs> is all right. This is little Stevie Wonder. I know who Stevie Wonder is, and everything's all right. You're right. Yeah? Everything is all right. All right. I don't know. One of these days, you're 0 for 2 in the last two with songs, man. I'm not. Yeah. Well, they don't know. I don't know when. Anyway. All right. Music off. All right. So welcome to our third edition of the Q&A with Nick and Stu, the Authentic Entrepreneurs. I'm Stu Saunders. My name is Nick Foley. And uh, we have some questions we're going to answer today from our actual listeners and by the way if you are listening thank you for sticking with us we're into the 40s now of episodes i can't believe we're into our 40s and big shout out to years, yeah also. 40s and, and and years yeah big shout out to our friends from uh prince edward collegiate institute who've been listening uh their entrepreneur class been listening since september so yeah. that's uh really there are exams they have exams coming up so good luck for them actually when this comes out they may have already finished exams. oh yeah that's right that's so right. we so hope they've passed your exams and if yeah, you didn't well, if you didn't well keep trying i guess you know entrepreneurship yep uh, what was the word I heard the day? I heard that <laughs> entrepreneurship. Uh, we're going to have a guest on uh, today, or we're recording one today with um, with our friend Laura. And one of the things is uh, entrepreneurship is Latin for, oh, for un- uh, unemployable or something. Un- or, or, <laughs> entrepreneurship is Latin for I don't know school dropout or something. School, I don't yeah, know. It was, it was or just unemployed great. or yeah, it was just great. So anyway, next time when we go to uh, quote a quote, we'll actually get the quote right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll work on that too. So let's talk about questions and answers, Q&A. And uh, we're going to zip right into this because we want to uh, we want to get through as many as we can in the short time we have together today. Um, again, we always, from the bottom of our hearts, appreciate you listening. Uh, and actually, if you are listening and you haven't had a chance to drop in like a comment or rate the show or yep. subscribe, you're just listening, you know, first time. That helps. We truly, you know, we truly would appreciate you doing that. That'd be really awesome. So anyway. Yes, please. Um, I got the first question here. All right, go. Ready to go. And I love these kind of questions because they kind of make me laugh a little bit. Um, as an entrepreneur, when can I ex- expect to start making some money? <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you when I know when I find out. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I love I love the honesty in that question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I mean the honest I mean the idiotic answer would be like when you start making or selling a product that's worth people buying. I guess, but there's a lot to it. Um, you know, and as an entrepreneur, I I, I you know. It's one of those things. I, I'll tell you. I'm gonna tell this person straight out. It doesn't have a name, but uh, so I don't know if it's uh, who it is. But the person who sent it, if you're listening, uh, for me as an entrepreneur, I started generating revenue relatively right away. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, you need to start generating revenue uh, mm-hmm. quickly. And mm-hmm. what that means is a big difference between generating revenue and actually making money. Revenue is money in that your, your cash business flow, is cash flow, and things like that, as opposed to profits. Yeah. And so one of the things I think as an entrepreneur you need to recognize is the importance of good cash flow. Mm-hmm. And I think that kills a lot of a lot of new businesses is the lack of cash flow. Um, as far as to answer your question, when you start making money, honestly, like there's really no metric. I can't really say there's a metric. It's not like a, it's not like a, a two weeks, five weeks, ten weeks. Yeah, like, oh, not. you're going to start making money. Stick with it. You'll make money in a year. I don't even know what your business is. So the thing is, is like what I would suggest, my, my thing is, is that if you start to, if you're generating revenue and you have cash flow, then 
there's chances are you have something that people mm -hmm. are interested in unless that cash flow and that revenue that you're generating is just your mom buying it all the time and you don't know but the reality of it is if you're generating that cash flow and you're generating a, a revenue then you may not be making a profit because your money coming in you're using that to build your business that's not a bad thing no right so what i would think is i would focus on on the revenue that's coming in and, and I'd also focus on building the business. Mm -hmm. You know, use that revenue that's coming in if you could if you can go without living off if you're hustling on the side or or this is your side hustle. I would suggest that you use that money that's coming in, the revenue that you're making and the service you're providing or the product that you've made and are selling, the business that you're building, and use that money to generate more business and to build business, whether it's marketing or whether it's systems, strategic plans, whatever it is. I would worry about that and then I would put that over the the profit. Uh, yeah. Right away. I have two quick thoughts. One, if you don't make profit eventually, you don't you, you'll go bankrupt. Maybe you'll be done. It's a, and a really easy measure for that is if you spend more than you have, you don't have any money consistently. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that that's what happened in the late '90s uh, when I built my the dot com I built, which was a multi million dollar invested dot com. Had but eventually when you run this bit, we ran it for ten months with no revenues right. at all. But nobody did. Yeah, that's the problem. That's, yeah. And that's why the, the market crashed, right? Yeah. Because it, you eventually have to make some revenue, some cash flow, some money. Um, and cash flow is different than profits. That's very important to know that. But cash flow allows you to run your business. Profits are what you get at the end of the year, um, you know, when it's all said and done. Yeah. But you, if you don't have cash flow, if you don't have revenues, like that's your, your, you have to have something. You can go a little bit, but the biggest, the other thing I'll tell you is be wary of borrowing money. Right, like I'm able to, to try new things in our business. Some are failures, some are successes, because we have cash flow. So I don't have to go to the bank and borrow money. I don't have to do these type of things. What I can do is I can take from one pot to try something else over sure. here. Yeah. So that that's it. But like I know people have just gotten a such hawk with their family yeah. and borrow money from their parents and their uncles and their aunts and their brothers and their best friends. And I think that's a dangerous path to go down. So I think when you start sweating at night because you don't have um, any revenue you probably should tap out yeah I, again i go back to three to five years yeah you know if you can keep going for three to five years if it's not working get out but you need revenue you need revenue you need cash flow so my suggestion is uh, to this young person or this person who then if you can get away with not using the money that you're you're gener like that your business is, is generating and you can put that back in your business and you have like a side job until you start generating a profit then that's what i would suggest that you do is you know try to have something sustainable on the side to put food on your table or, or a roof over your head, whatever you have to do, but you and use that money that you're generating to go back into your business. And once you get that enough generating, you know, that revenue, then you can start taking, you know, small sums that, okay, this is going to pay for rent. This is going to pay yeah. for that. And then you can just kind of, then, you know, you're making a profit and then you got yourself a, a, full, yeah. a full business. Part of but being I, an entrepreneur, which is different than being a social influencer, sure. by the way, yeah, um, is you, you may, you may have to take a lot of sacrifices. So don't expect to get an entrepreneurship with a brand new company, brand new business, brand new service, brand new idea, brand new product, and be making six figures yeah. within six months. If you're lucky, maybe, but you probably won't be, and you're probably gonna be sacrificing stuff. So that's that's one of the biggest things I'll tell you. So next question comes from Sarah. Um, and it's interesting. It says, <laughs> how has being an entrepreneur affected your family life? Oh, okay, you go first. <laughs> okay, I'll go yeah. first. Um, I will tell you that being an entrepreneur uh, was one of the reasons why my marriage, my first marriage, um, I've had, I'm remarried, fell apart. That's yeah. why, because I was away, I was busy, I was traveling, I was putting all of it into it with mu not much revenue. For all those speakers who listen to our podcast, know that the very first year that I spoke, uh, my friend Andy and I revenued 
six thousand dollars. Wow, what did you do? Back that? to the first question. That was for a year. Sixty five hundred. I think it was six thousand five hundred dollars. We split between two of us, and that was our that was our revenue. So it's three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars that we revenued each wow. for a year. That's what we did, and that's why I always laugh at speakers who like start their careers and say, "I'd be speaking for a week, and I want two thousand bucks." Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. So. Um, it take put some put some blood into the game, um, but it's affected my life negatively, um, in terms of the work I put into it. So that's a very thing. To be, that's a very rea- reality to be pre- prepared for. I'm stuttering here. A reality mm-hmm. to be prepared for. Um, but I will also say that it's affected my family life in the fact that I have the ability, if I choose to, to have the freedom to do the things that I want to do if I prioritize it that way. Right. Yeah. So if I say, if Jenny says to me, my Jenny says to me. We want to do this on this date. I can turn for the most part and say, I am doing that this day. Yeah. And that's it. I have that. I don't have to clear it with my boss. Even with our staff, like I say, if you need time off, take time off. Like, just do what you have to do. Yeah, but sure. A lot of companies don't do that. No. So for me, it's affected me. Uh, and, and also, I, I my, my amazing partner, Jenny, I would say I wouldn't have met had I not been an entrepreneur because she came to a conference we ran and as a teacher. And that's how I met her eventually through a longer story than that but if I didn't run that I wouldn't have met Jenny I wouldn't be happy as I am right now today so there's positives and negatives but you know try and find that balance yeah I mean for me I I, uh, I it, my the real like the, the quick answer would be it's, it's hard it's a hard balance um, I started as an entrepreneur and my wife was pregnant with our, our daughter um, when I registered the business and and I, I left a job that was consistent income as a teacher and it was it was a struggle for the first few years it was you know me speaking predominantly and that's what it was that was my little business i had people working under the entity but they were doing like different types of stuff and we weren't uh wasn't generating the revenue that i needed to have you know an office and and so we didn't have an office i ended up working out of my basement but um you know my wife was on mat leave shortly after and it it took its it took its toll but um, because she was so supportive and recognized that this is what i needed to do and i took side jobs here and there where i could uh, when I had time to to pay for, you know, the mortgages and stuff, but or the mortgage and stuff, um, but after with time was sticking with it and then understanding. And I think one of the things that really helped me was you know the new learning and and just understanding what I needed to do. Um, you know, we slowly kind of worked out of you know the debt that we were in and yeah. the hole that we that I that I buried us in or put us in, and and then like your like your success story. You know, after I guess it was about. You know, I'm in year seven, so about year three, I started to started to generate a little bit more and 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 made more of a profit, and you know, and then was able to you know, you know, build and build and build. So uh, here and here we are. So I would say that if it wasn't for our family, I mean, we're very fortunate. But you know, with with Jenny and and with my wife, with your wife Jenny and my wife Brooke, you know, we're very fortunate to have a great support system at home. And so it's it's tough. But if you don't expect your partner though to understand completely, no, they don't. That's, that's, that's a challenge too. Being an entrepreneur, know that people may not get it. They may not get it, but they, their family they, may you not get it. You need them to be supportive, right? And that's yeah. the thing. And I think that's where, where we're lucky is like they may not understand all the time. You know, like like when Brooke and I was talking to you today, right? Like she understands when I generate things, but when I start new things like the authentic entrepreneurs, it's like okay, well I get all these things. It generates money. I get this, mm-hmm. right? But what's the authentic entrepreneurs? I know you get to hang out with your buddy, but like what's what's the end game? And then you got to explain to them, okay, this is the process. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff that was that I've built too, you don't know that there is a process because there was revenue coming in from the other things that I was building when you were sleeping or what have you. You know, that's a bit of a metaphor, but like you know what I mean? Like you don't notice that like oh this this company didn't start just like that. 
that, I had to build it, but you didn't know that because all the bills were being taken care of on my end of things. Um, and then this started coming in and you know what I mean? So it, it, it's a, it's an interesting, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a delicate balance that you need to have. And, and I think that, but the most important thing is at the end of the day, you got to put your family first. Family first. I, I mean, that's but it. Be prepared to, when you get into it, don't, and this is one thing Jenny always tells me is just be honest. Don't candy coat what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. just be, be honest is huge. And I'm always trying to not, I'm always trying to dampen any negative things. So, but Jenny always says, I'd rather know and just. Yeah. deal with it you want to soften the blows right yeah. like, it's, it's tough alright you next question okay, so this I got is, one more after this too okay, so this two, is, quick, two more quick questions okay this comes in from Michelle what's the difference between a social entrepreneur and a social influencer hmm. that's a good from Michelle I don't know it didn't say from where but I like that question a social entrepreneur and a social influencer so somewhere along the line I'm guessing that uh, Michelle does is it like a social enterprise too like a social entrepreneur is like yeah social enterprise is what like for instance let's 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 like it's talking talking about um, I'll give you a couple examples here that I think that people don't understand social enterprises are companies that do or social entrepreneurs are typically people who do I think do something good for the world or try to yeah. do something good for the world but they're making a profit making a profit off. yeah and often people don't know that it's a for-profit company example uh, four oceans yeah You've heard of Four Oceans, yeah, right? They, they're all over YouTube. You can't yeah. watch YouTube without watching a Four Oceans yeah. ad. People, like I have debated, people think, well, they're a nonprofit. They're trying to save yeah. the oceans. I'm like, yeah, they're trying to save the oceans, but they are 100% for profit. For profit. And if you dial down just like two layers, they're pretty clear about that. Yeah. But um, but, they're, but they are for profit. That's a, so that's a social um, enterprise. enterprise. So they're yeah. doing something good, socially conscious, but they're making money off of it. Right. Uh, me to we is a social enterprise. They're right. making money off what they're selling you. Yeah. Free the Children is their nonprofit organization. Right. Yeah. But people get that confused. So a social enterprise, people are trying to do something good. I think Four Oceans is a better example of that actually, because they actually are out there trying to do something mm -hmm. every day. Um, they're not trying to, they are trying, they're trying to do something every day, I think, which is really important. And that feeds those projects. Yeah, for sure. So that's a social enterprise. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, so that's a social enterprise. A social influencer is someone that just makes their make and I, and I and yes, I did say just makes their money by being influential online. You know, and they they put out lots of uh, Instagram stuff, they put out lots of Snapchat stuff, lots of Facebook yeah. things, things like that. And then big companies or other companies notice that and then they ask them to, you know, can you put this coffee mug? Well, I'm from the coffee mug company. Can you put this coffee mug out in one of your stories? And they're influencing people to buy this yes, coffee they'll, mug. They'll get the YouTubers and the yeah. and the Instagrammers and they'll say like, Yeah, be seen with this. Exactly. And that's and you get paid for and it. And they get paid for it. And that's and, and anybody can do that. I mean if you I mean, I know that um, I met a kid in North Dakota. They call him the uh, Stylish Farmer, I think is on Instagram, or <laughs> yeah. the Stalin Farmer. Or so. And he gets paid by like Abercrombie and Fitch. He gets paid by like, um, I can't think of other big brands. Ash Bear would laugh at me right now, but like Hol Hol Hollister. Yeah. I always joke with that one. But then he gets paid, he lives in North Dakota on a farm. Yeah. Good looking kid, but he has like all his nice clothes. He goes out and poses like in the bar and he poses on a tractor. Yeah. And people are paying him a crap load of money saying all this thing. But the, the thing is, he's 17 or 18 years old. And you have to work so hard to keep up your influence all the time because you're just a treat of the week. You want a Baskin Robbins and 31 flavors. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I feel like a lot of times I know a lot of I know a lot of people who are trying to be social influencers, and that's that's fine. That's their that's their prerogative. 
but what kind of good are you propagating in the community or in your world? Right? Yeah, and you have so, to decide what you want to. Well, you what you want to That's okay if you don't want to. If you don't want to influence people for if you're if you're influencing people because you want to make a profit, then that's that's your prerogative. I'm not here to stand in the way yeah. of that. But and, make and sure just don't bullshit people. Well, that's it, right? And a lot of social influencers or people trying to be um, do use a lot of that BS. Yeah, and I, I, they really are absolutely. But I mean, I'm not going to stand in the way if someone wants to be a social influencer. But I will say to Michelle, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure how old you are, but I will say that if you were to choose between the two. You know, try to focus on being uh, working on the social enterprise. Like, propagate social good in your community, in your world. Be do good things, and then you know what? All that other stuff will come. You know, and I'll give you an example. My own example with We Be Us. We had a, that's a which by the way is a for-profit business, a social enterprise. But we started when we started our 20k sock campaign, 20k sock day. We had a young lady that that worked for us that was on the campaign said, I think that we shouldn't do it until next year because we have no social media influence. And, you know, my partner and I, Phil and I decided, you know, we're going to go against that and we are going to just do it anyway. And it was funny because like six months later when the campaign was over and it was it was a pretty successful one. She came up. She's like, wow. She's like, you know, it's better than having 28000 followers on Instagram and Snapchat and that. And I said, what? She goes helping 28000 people. And so, like, if I was going to be, if I, if I was a young person thinking about these things and I see a lot of people that are influencing on, on Instagram, I would go out and just do cool shit and yeah. then let that Don't be Don't be afraid influence. to do it. Just go, and, and for YLCC, too. Like, we are, uh, I guess we're a social enterprise as well. We help people all the time. Exactly. We make money. And often I, I, I get called out that I'm like, well, you should create a charity. I'm like, well, I don't want to create a charity because we have a charity of board directors. Board directors have their own opinions, and and then they they can they can remove you from yeah, your own have, damn got, we idea. Have a, we have a charity thing, and I get it. It's I harder, know, it's, right? It's harder. It's not about you anymore. It's about everybody else. And, and turn, we have a great you, board, by the way. But your you're right, right, yeah. your idea, like you always yeah. have. If you're lucky and you're you're super awesome, you select that board. But then what happens? The board like kind of like they retire. They got to replace. Exactly. And like that. Man. Who knows? It's so. a delicate balance. Yeah. But I will say too, uh, and I think it was Mike, uh, you know, a friend of yours and a guy that I know, Mike Smith. He's like. There's a big difference between leaders and influencers, and influencers are never are never take a leadership role, but leaders are often influential. Yes. right, something like that. He says a lot more poetically, but so remember yeah. that influencers Michelle. are rarely leaders. Yeah, leaders are, are always, often in, influential. Influence. There you go. Yeah. So there you go. Thank All you right. for your question. Last question. Um, a quick one. This is from Ranjit. I think it's Ranjit or Ranjeev. I can't. Sorry, I can't. Ranjeev. It's Ranjeev. Sorry. Um, what has been your most satisfying moment in business? Hmm. I'll tell you mine. It's a quick one. Uh, and you know what? This is important. Keep track of your memories and your stories and, and take pictures and don't just print off those moments that are the most satisfying. If you walk into our camp office in Aurelia, Ontario, or Oromodonte, Ontario, by the way, if your kids aren't going to summer camp this summer, they should be. It's a great uh, a great place to learn and grow and develop and become just a better human being. Camp is a great place for kids. Um, and it should be mandatory as far as I'm concerned. A good camp, mandatory for independence and Anyway, all around being good kids. Yeah, the picture I have in my office is uh, the day that I took uh, possession of our camp in Oromodonte. And uh, Trish, who at the time was um, our assistant director of the camp, uh, we got the keys, and I have a picture of us. It's winter time, um, and we're unlocking the lock that's on the gates, and we're taking over this 68 acre property on Lake Simcoe and it has literally changed everything. So that is my most satisfying moment. I have plenty of great things we've done and great speaking moments and Epic was amazing and the first Global Summit was amazing and building OSLC to 2,500 people was amazing. But for me, it was that turning the key, that moment it was turning the key and going, oh my gosh, we have a real camp now, it's ours. Yeah, that was that's it. such a cool moment. Yeah. It was funny, I, I had something a little bit uh, not not similar, but it was one of those 
one of those surreal moments. I was actually at um, the Ontario Student Leadership Conference. Heard of it. Uh, yeah, Heard that of it. Uh, you and your organization run. And I was in my car. Shout out to Aaron Marshall. Aaron Marshall and uh, the wonderful team of YLCC. But I was in my car and I had a notification. And the notification was for a program that I spent a year and a half up to that moment building called Good Sport. And it was an online character education company. And we got a notification I that a, that, a, that a person or that a team in Saskatchewan, North Battleford, Saskatchewan, bought the program. And I think they spent, I think at the time, I think it was like $50 or whatever. And it was like, we ended up getting like 48, I think it was 48.25. It was $48.25. And I'll never forget the person that we contract <laughs> with it. I, I immediately texted her. And I'm like, Sarah, did you get this? And she still works for Good Sport today. And I said, Sarah, did you get this? She's like, oh my gosh, somebody bought it. She's like, do you know that person? I'm like, no, do you? She's like, no. And I'm like, do you know anyone in North Battleford? She's like, no. I was like, we created something that somebody bought. Yeah. And we were so excited by it. You I mean, didn't know. I didn't know. That's, and like, it's when you get someone you don't know it's in your, your circle of influence. Exactly. That's when you're like, I think we're on to something. Yeah. And it was from there, I was just like, wow. And you know what? That momentum on that first year generated absolutely nothing. But what it did do <laughs> was it generated enough momentum in our psychology to move forward and be like, you know what, let's give it another go. And then yep. we ended up getting momentum again this year. And, and here we are in year three, three and a half almost. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a viable business. But it was that little moment, that $48 moment yep. where it was just like, that means the world to us, 100%. you know? So I guess that was, uh, that was my big... You know, we've you know, that, we should do a whole we could do a whole episode on on these big little moments that you yeah. experience as an entrepreneur. You know, and often we dismiss them, but a lot of those big moments are little moments. They mean a lot, man. Really Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, always feel free to drop us a, uh, uh, questions and email them to us, uh, or go to our Instagram, which is the Authentic Entrepreneurs yeah. on Instagram, and just DM us any questions you have. And Anything we'd love you want, to. We'll follow answer. us on the Instagram too. Follow us on uh, YouTube and anywhere you listen to a podcast. Yeah. All right, man. That's it. We did it. I think that's it. There's yeah. more questions, but we'll save them for another day. Um, I think that we got to uh, to remind our followers and uh, our listeners to make sure that you like us and, and download us, subscribe. Your et cetera, et cetera. And uh, if you're not doing anything today, you're sitting on your phone, go check out the uh, Epic community and look how Epic 2020 is in Toronto this year. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we'd and like to uh, get as many people going to that as possible. It's going to be great, man. This is a good song. Finally, man. You hit one out of the park. Well, it's all with the small things. Yeah, exactly. I like it. You know what I mean? Because these memories, these moments, are often small. Absolutely. Like, have like this one right here. This is a moment, man. Small things. We had an episode recently where Nick and I sang. And uh, if you had listened to it, it's um, it's epic, man. It is. It certainly is. It's authentic. Anyway. All right. Until next time, I'm Stu Saunders. I'm Nick Foley. And we're the Authentic Entrepreneurs. Keep being authentic. You know, I...